What is up, you wonderful, beautiful, fantastic people of the world? This is Ashley Campbell with Daily Encouragement. By the time you guys hear this episode podcast, it will be September 14th. Wisdom app, you're getting in real time. I hope you guys have had a really good week. I want to just take some time today to share some scriptures with you guys that got brought to my attention as I was spending some time with the Lord this morning. You know, I really wasn't sure what I was going to talk about. And uh, I was praying about it. And then uh, I opened up to some scriptures that I had been reading in the Old Testament. And it really kind of just brought some awareness and attention to some things that are happening today. And, you know, I want to share it with you guys and just discuss it. But before we get into it, you guys, let's go ahead and pray before we have this conversation. And then let's talk about the hour of exposure. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Lord, I just pray you would guide direct this conversation. Let your spirit, you know, speak to us, Lord. Let your thoughts be known to us. Help us discern when you are speaking to us, Lord. I know that we hear all kinds of things outside in the news, on the TV, you know, newspapers, radios, but Lord, let us tune in to your voice and that we would hear you and we would live by the words that you've spoken to us, Lord. We know what you've said in the written word. And if, if people don't, Lord, I pray that they would read it and get to know you in that way. And I pray that they would just get familiar with your spirit being in their hearts, Lord. You told us that you would send your spirit and you would not leave us as orphans. So I just pray more and more people would live in the reality that you've not left us as orphans. Good morning. But you would help us, God, in these times. So I just pray, Father, that you would go and direct this conversation. Um, Lord, help us to, uh, you know, take heed to you, Lord, and be, be found in you. You are our shelter. You are a refuge. And I pray that our lives would demonstrate the truth of that. So we love you, Jesus. We thank you. And we just pray all these things in your holy name. Amen. Hold on just a second, you guys. My youngest just woke up. What you need, Bear? Good morning. We're having cereal this morning. Go see if one of your siblings will help you while mom's on here, okay? I'll be right out. All right, you guys, as I've told you millions of times, I have to do this podcast in real life. Um, I have, you know, six kids that I'm still raising. My oldest is 20. He's pretty much, pretty much independent. And then the rest of them, you know, I've got a couple younger ones, especially four and six. But uh, anyway, you guys, let me just jump into this really quick. So I'm just going to read some scriptures that I came across this morning and we're going to discuss them as I go. And uh, yes, you can. Yes. Okay. All right, guys. So let's go ahead. Go to Jeremiah chapter two, verse 13. It goes, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters and hewn themselves cisterns broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, this was kind of interesting. Number one, God's upset because his own people have forsaken him, the fountain of living waters. Jesus said, if you had a spirit in you, that that fountains of living water would flow from within you. Now, how does that happen? How do you get the fountain to flow from within you? Number one, go back to John chapter four, read that. And he kind of gives you the dynamic that happens. You have to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ where there's no condemnation. Do you guys remember the woman at the well? And, uh, you know, he told her all the things she'd ever done. He didn't ever condemned her for having many husbands or anything like that. There was things that he knew about her that she didn't disclose. And he said, you know what? What you say is quite true. Sometimes you have to be validated in the truth of your life, knowing that, you know what? Yes, those things are true without condemnation without someone expressing an opinion against you. God is not going to an ex- going to express an opinion against you. He's come to restore your life. 
But in order for your life to be restored, there's certain things that you have to acknowledge and you have to let him acknowledge within you. And having that relationship that, wow, Lord, you know everything about me. You know everything that I've done. You know everything about me to the point to where it could be judged on the external to the point of, what would you say? Um, isolation, right? She was a Samaritan woman. She'd been known for certain behaviors. And, and so therefore it was like outcasted in a way, okay? But, you know, the Lord doesn't outcast us for those things. He comes to expose it. He heals us, right? And when we know we can be in that type of relationship, we get motivated, right, to, um, you know, live a life that the Lord wants us to. But you have to know that you're loved despite the knowledge that you have of yourself and other people could have that could be used against you in a negative way, right? So anyway, you need to be able to have that type of living water within you. All right, that's no condemnation. And it says they've hewn themselves cisterns, right? Broken cisterns that hold no water. You know, people who, you know, basically live, rely on themselves. They don't rely on the spirit of God. It's very vulnerable to do that. And, um, you know, but it's something that's important to God. He wouldn't have said it. And he's saying, look, you know, people that have forsaken me and people that have, you know, created their own, you know, cisterns, right? Your, your own flow. All right, let's move on here. Verse 17. He goes, have you not brought this on yourself and that you have forsaken the Lord, your God, when he led you in the way, right? So I think when I say the hour of exposure, I'm talking about this is a time where great darkness is upon the earth. We see what's going on all over the world, not just in the United States, but all over the world, you guys, all over the world. We see this, uh, you know, what do they call it? New world order, you know, one world government. Let's call it that. You know, the one world government they're trying to implement. If you don't know anything about that, you know, start paying attention to some other sources that are coming out with things that are going on in the world. Read some books, you know, ask some questions. You definitely know that there's some... Uh, you know, um, deception going on when you can no longer question things without being penalized. All right. That's definitely the mark of, of tyrants and, you know, the one world government, they got to try to get everybody on the same page, believe in the same thing, same everything so they can subdue the nations, right? We know that's their plan, but that's not God's plan. God says that his people are going to rule and subdue the earth. That's what we were created to do was be underneath the government of God, not underneath the government of man you know, in the way of oppression and tyranny. I believe that the United States government and the way that we had structured it with the constitution, the declaration of independence, those people literally seeking God, that was what God intended in the garden, right? We, the United States is the freest nation on the planet. We're the most proper, prosperous nation. And I believe that's because the founding fathers actually asked God for help and he downloaded on them. He gave them new thoughts and perspectives that helped them, you know, be able to literally um, orchestrate a government on a piece of paper that could be communicated to generations of people where they could pass it down, right? That is amazing to me. And I really believe that's what God intended when, you know, he made mankind on the earth. We are to be underneath the government of God. If a government um, decides that they do not need to be under God, you already know that's a corrupt government. We were designed from the very beginning in the garden to be underneath and heeding the words of God. Anytime you don't heed the words of God, you're going to end up in the fall, just like Adam and Eve did. All right, so the founding fathers of the United States sought God. They asked him what to do. God downloaded on them, and they were able to create the, the government that is known as the United States Constitution. All right, so, um, you know, I, I believe that it is so important. You know, have you brought this on yourself that you've forsaken the Lord? We bring things upon ourselves into our lives when we no longer heed the knowledge of God. 
when you no longer heed your relationship with him, when you no longer spend time with him and ask him to help you make decisions, all right? It says that we don't, we literally don't have to worry about what we're gonna eat, drink, or wear, but seek the kingdom first and everything else will be given to you. You know, God, how, Lord, take over every area of my life. Give me wisdom, Lord. How do I deal? How do I, how should I behave in my relationships? How should I be doing in, you know, raising my children? How should I be with my finances? Every decision, okay? God has wisdom for all of that. And when we decide not to ask him, we're gonna reap the consequences of that, you guys. And look at this nation. I mean, most of the, not all, I'm gonna say that I know that there's still people in there who have bent their, have bend, bent their knee to God. It's just God's got a clean house right now, all right? What, and what the enemy meant for evil, God's gonna use for good, all right? God is going to use this situation to restore, you know, um, basically make his name known, right? I really believe that. And, uh, you know, but here's the thing, the hour of exposure, there are Christians out there. There are brothers and sisters in this time that are on the fence. They're like, Hmm, I don't know if God's going to do good or evil. I'm not really sure. Right. He says either be hot or cold, you know? And so this message is really for, you know, the, the people out there who are, you know, on the fence, who are not fully submitted, right? You know of the Lord, you've heard about him, but you're not all in, right? And uh, God wants you to be all in because he's not playing and he and he's trying to tell us, look, this is the things that, this is the consequences of when you're not all in. So let's go here to verse 19. I think I already read that. Maybe I didn't. It says your own wickedness will correct you and your backslidings will rebuke you. Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing that you have forsaken the Lord, your God, and the fear of the Lord is not in you. Okay, so number one, you guys, when we refuse to be cleansed, and I'm going to read this, this because this verse, when I saw this one, it reminded me of another one in Ezekiel 24, 13. And I'm going to read it to you guys really quick. It says, because I've cleansed you and you were not cleansed, you will not be cleansed or um, of your filthiness anymore till I have caused my fury to rest upon you. I, the Lord, have spoken. It shall come to pass and I will do it. I will not hold back, nor will I spare nor will I relent according to your ways and according to your deeds. They will judge you, says the Lord. Did you know that God doesn't need to per se do anything? All you have to do is live a life apart from the knowledge of God and that will judge you on itself. It's a built-in system. You're not going to get away from it. It's the same thing that happened to Adam and Eve in the garden when they decided to transgress the word of God, right? When another knowledge came to them in the garden through the serpent, you guys, and that's, we could talk about that. My devotional will be coming out. You guys be sure to read that when it comes out. But there was another knowledge that was in the garden that was not of God. You've got Adam and Eve talking to each other. You've got God talking to them. And then you've got this other knowledge that entered the scene and it was not of God. And you know that it wasn't, you know, especially when it questions, right? And so anytime you decide that you are going to live apart from him, you're gonna reap the consequences of that, right? You guys, we ate from the tree of knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil, all right? So when you choose to walk down that road, you get the results of it, all right? And it's the, still the same thing today. That hasn't left us. The only difference we have now because of what Jesus did, if you literally accept what he did and the place he's come to take in your life, you can eat from the tree of life now. He is the bread of life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. You can eat from the tree of life because he speaks to his people and you can live by the revelation he gives 
right? And I don't know if you guys ever read, I think it was John 17. It says that they will have eternal life. And what? And he broke it down what it meant. It means to know him, right? To know the Lord is a life to you, all right? And so as you spend time with him, first of all, acknowledge what you need. Acknowledge that you need him. Talk to him about the stuff going on in your life. Start asking him to speak into your life. You know, Lord, help me to discern you. Help me to hear you, right? And you, and then once you start tuning into that frequency per se, right? Into the voice of God, you start living out what he's telling you to do. You're going to reap the benefits of that. And you also reap the consequences of not doing that. All right. And there's a lot of people out there who are not doing that. Number one, I think it's because of the leadership of the church these days too. You know, there's a lot of misleading um, things being, being said out there. You know, a lot, I guess, what, what can I say? There's been a system of dependence that's been created that's very unhealthy. So we have a lot of very immature Christians um, that do not know how to feed themselves, okay? And they do not understand the dynamic of, you know, taking full responsibility for their own relationship with God and then realizing that you're, you go to church you get to a place not just to be fed, but to start feeding other people from the table of your own life, right? And I've talked about this on another podcast. Your table before your enemies, the, the table that God has prepared for you is your own table of revelation. You should have your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He should be working in the context of your life. How do I know that? Look how he, look how he engaged with all of his disciples. He had a personal relationship with all of them. He spoke to all of them you know, in their own ways. They lived out what they were supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be doing the same thing today. He didn't send his spirit in vain, right? And it's not just this weird thing that we've made it out to be so intangible, overly spiritualized to the point to where you can't even, you know, I guess, touch it in your life. Because, you've, it, you know, again, we I've never heard anybody talk about the spirit like I have as far as the things I've learned over the last few years breaking it down in the simplicity that a spirit is just thoughts, emotions, and a will. That's it. Can you discern your thoughts? Can you discern God's thoughts? You know, the churches will talk about the enemy, but you know, and, and, and taking heed, but how many of them are telling you to take heed to God at the same time? God speaks just as much as the enemy does. And I think so many times people spend so much time listening to the enemy and the wrong voices. No wonder they're full of fear was not the consequence of listening to the serpent, the emotional state of fear. It says he, they, they were afraid and they hid from God, right? So that's another indicator that the knowledge you're entertaining is not of God when you find yourself isolated and fearful. But I digress, all right? So the point of me bringing these ones, these scriptures up is, you know what? God doesn't have to necessarily do anything. All you have to do is reject him and, and not heed to what he says. And that will bring about his own consequences. And fear is definitely one of them. So if you are full of fear, you have heeded the wrong voice in your life. You've heeded the wrong knowledge. You know, it's funny. Back, I think it was probably 2017, 2018. I, was, I think it was Deuteronomy 8. And I just had this revelation through reading it that your God is the knowledge that you live by. That's the only way, because you know how God talks about gods? And you're, and I don't know about you guys, but have you ever asked the question like, how, what do you mean gods? Like, we don't really see people, and especially in you know my culture in the United States, I mean, it's not very common to see people like bowing down to statues. Maybe in other countries that's more common, 
right? But over here in the United States, that's not something that you really see. So it's deeper than that, right? We don't have a problem with the physical per se, as much as the knowledge that we entertain and, and the thoughts that we live by, right? So if you take it one step further, if we're told to live by the word of God, that tells me that the knowledge is really what we got to be paying attention to. And if it's not the knowledge of God, it's a false God, right? And, and, and God can be anything, little g, right? You know, and so just think about the, the knowledge that's gearing your life. If it's not coming from the Bible, the words of God, if it's not your own revelation, um, then it's another God. It's something else. There's another knowledge that's driving your life and God's going to expose it. You know, that's why he uses people like me to bring these things up to your mind. So you can literally ponder this and look over your own life and start asking some questions. Lord, do I have other knowledge that that's directing my life? Am I directing my life? Are you directing my life? Am I letting you direct my life? You know, and I'll tell you right now, if you are afraid to let God lead your life, you really need to get some healing in your life. You need to pray for that. All right. You cannot let the things that have happened to you in the past keep you from a good God. All right. And keep you stuck and, and, and isolated. But let's keep moving forward, you guys. So this was a scripture in Joel. I did not write down like the chapter or the verse, but it says, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon will grow dark and the stars will diminish their brightness. The Lord also will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. The heavens and earth will shake. But I love this, you guys. This next part is great. It's got a semicolon. It goes, but the Lord will be a shelter for his people and the strength of the children of Israel. You guys, how many times have we read, if you've read it in the Bible, this is why it's important to read the Bible. You can actually see how God has dealt with people in the past in these same situations that are going on. This is not the first time that God has had to deal with evil governments. It's not. Look at Pharaoh. Look at anywhere you read. I don't know how many times, like I think it was Nehemiah. I don't remember what was going on at the time. Jerusalem, of course, was, you know, Israel, the nation of Israel was forsaking God again. And so their enemies were coming against them, right? Again, they're not living by the knowledge of God. There's consequences to that. It's called natural law, baby. That's what's going to happen. And uh, so now they find themselves in a place where now they're being, you know, oppressed again. Okay. And then, you know, I, I started realizing that anytime God has rescued his people, he's always put people in positions of power and authority. He's always removed the wicked people in those positions and put in godly people, people that are literally seeking him. And that's the only difference between a wicked government and a godly government is whether those people in government are willing to bow their knee to Jesus Christ, period. Are they gonna ask God questions? Doesn't it not bring someone security? Let me tell you, have you ever ruled a country before? You know, think about King Solomon when God told him to rule a whole nation. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing, Lord. He's like, I need help. You better be able to humble thyself to ask God what to do. Because I'm telling you, when, when people are in those positions, that's a huge responsibility that God has given to them. God has given us the earth. It says he's, the heavens are his. He's given us the earth for mankind to rule. But guess what? We can't do that apart from the knowledge of God. We didn't create this earth. He did. He put us on this earth, right? He gave us all our resources. He, he created the earth. He put all the food. He planted it, everything, right? Gave us everything we needed, put us here. Then we were supposed to learn from him on how to rule and subdue. Adam and Eve didn't know how to rule and subdue. They were like infants. It's like telling your kid who's five years old, you know, to run the house per se. Make sure all the bills are paid. Run, run your little kingdom you got at your house. They're like, what? 
They have to be taught. You have to be taught by God how to really rule on that type of level, right? And you got to start with the, with the with the soil of your own life. But then as people get good at that, as people learn how to master the soil of their own life, God will elevate them to higher positions. He's gonna he will you know he can put people in government positions because the truth is we need people who are gonna ask God what to do when they don't know what to do, especially when you have so much responsibility on your shoulders like that, right? We need people who are gonna bow and knee to God. We don't need prideful people who have who think they know everything. Those are the people that are dangerous. Those are the ones who turn to the tyrants that are running this world right now, right? But I really believe God has a plan and I'll save that for another podcast sometime. But uh, God is our shelter and it says that he is. All these things are gonna happen in the outside world, but you need to be convinced from the inside out that Jesus Christ is your shelter. If not, then you better get it figured out today. Quit playing around, you, you know what I'm saying? Get serious about it. Aren't you tired of living in the anxiety and the fear and the stress? and the shame and the condemnation and the sorrow, right? That's He says, I've come to give you life that you have it abundantly. However, in order to get that, you have to start living by the words that he's spoken to you. And if you don't hear him, start asking questions. It's very simple, you guys. We've totally overcomplicated this thing as far as, you know, being and walking as children of God. All right, so let's go to Amos 11, you guys. I've only got a few more minutes. I'm gonna try to get through the rest of these really quick. It says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor of thirst, nor, okay, a thirst of water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Wow, isn't that interesting? Did you know that God can send a famine to where people cannot even discern and hear the word of God anymore? I almost wonder sometimes if, if that's what's happening today. And these are just thoughts off the top of my head. I don't know. I'm looking at the results and I'm thinking, Lord, why isn't people can't hear you anymore? You know, why have we, you know, made this so complicated for people? You know, I don't know, but I just thought that was interesting. Okay. Oh, here we go. So this is Amos 11. I don't, I don't have the verse written down. It's before. So maybe it's, maybe it's verse nine of Amos 11. It says in the remnant of my people, Israel, uh, shall possess them. He's talking about the enemies. This they shall have for their pride because they have reproached and made arrogant threats against the people of the Lord of hosts. The Lord will be awesome to them for he will reduce to nothing all the gods of the earth. People shall worship him. All the gods of the earth, little g. All the knowledge that people live by that is apart from him and what he has to say. He's going to bring it down to the dust. And that's going to be our pride, right? The pride of the ones who know that God is real and trust him and have literally surrendered every area of their life to him. Who was like, you know what, Lord? I didn't ask to be here. Here I am. Show, show yourself to me, Lord. Boom. That's what he does. He says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, right? But you got to start with the soil of your own life. Where's your biggest burden right now? Where are you stressed out? You worried about your finances? You worried about how you're gonna pay the bills? Use those as opportunities for God to show himself to you and show himself as a father and to take care of you. You better be secure in that because I'm telling you, man, there's a lot of junk going on out in the world. And if you don't have him as a shelter, what do you have? And that's why he says he's gonna destroy all the other gods. So whatever you are living by that's making you feel secure, that is not the knowledge of God found in the Bible, you know, then you're gonna you're gonna feel the consequences of that. All right. So 
Let's go to, I think this is Malachi 3, 13 through 18. I'm going to go to that really quick, you guys. I didn't write this one down. I just wrote down the verse because there were so many scriptures that caught my attention this morning. So check this out. So Malachi 3, 13. It says, your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You said, it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the proud blessed for those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. I wonder how many people these days have that attitude towards God because of what they see going on in the world. Be honest. You ever get pissed at God because you don't like the way things are going? You're like, what good is it to serve God? Look at all the people out there that are getting away with it. You know, all the wicked people, God doesn't do anything. He just lets things slide. It's like, ooh, we gotta be careful, right? Check this out. It goes, then those who feared the Lord <laughs> spoke to one another and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. Okay. And then it goes on. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On the day that I make them my jewels and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked between one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. So, you know, the people that are talking like that to him right now, you know, what's the point, right? So let's go over here to uh, Zephaniah 112, because as soon as I read that, it reminded me of a scripture. I think I shared it with you guys last week or the week before. It says, and it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish those who are settled in complacency, who say in their hearts, the Lord um, will not do good, nor will he do evil. Is that your attitude today? Again, this is the hour of exposure. God is not only exposing our enemies and exposing the wickedness for our sake, because we are supposed to be ruling and subduing. God's people are supposed to be in the positions that those wicked people are in. We are supposed to be ruling this world. Not these wicked people, right? But sometimes people get complacent. Everything's fine. I'm good. I don't need to do anything. You don't recognize the position of authority that God has given to you as a human being. You allow yourself to be ruled and controlled by other people, by the tyrants of the world, right? So he goes, he's going to look for those people who say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do evil. So it's that same mentality again. What's the point? So those are the ones that God is after even now. He's using this opportunity to show you what's in your own heart. He did that with the Israelites when they were going through the desert. He's like, I tested you so you would know what was in your heart and whether you were gonna serve me or not. That is a choice you are gonna have to make on a daily basis. Are you gonna surrender your life to him or not, regardless of what it looks like? Do you believe God is still good even though you see these things going on. Are we going to judge God? Really? You know, are we that dang smart? Do we know everything? Right? Sometimes us as humans got to humble ourselves and realize, you know what? I don't have all the information. We really don't. The problem is not so much having the information as to whether God is going to do something or not. The problem is you don't know the authority he's given to you and, and the uh, power and, and the possession that you're supposed to take of this earth.
your lack of knowledge is making you perish. This has nothing to do with God at this point. It's how come you are not aware of the authority he's given to you at the end of the day. All right. So this is the hour of exposure. God's exposing our enemies and he's exposing the hearts of the people who um, are like, well, whatever, Lord, you're not going to do anything. You're just going to let stuff happen. You really don't care. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Anytime enemies have raised up against God or his people, he's always dealt with them. And you know what? I'm just waiting. I'm just like, Lord, I know you're going to do it one day. And I keep praying. When it says pray for your enemies, I pray that they vanish like smoke. Okay. I don't play around. I pray like David does in the Bible. He never, he didn't fuss around and, and pray that his enemies would be blessed. He prayed they would be destroyed. And you know what? The problem is the church is not that bold these days. We allow evil to continue all in the name of love. That is abusive. That's like allowing, that's like if a woman stays in a relationship with a man that is, you know, vice versa. Cause we know there's abusive women out there too, right? Let's just be honest on both sides of the equation. You know, there could be harmful things going on in the home, but all in the name of love and long suffering, people put up with all kinds of crap. I don't think so. That is not what we were intended to do, right? God has boundaries. He goes, look, if you want to be in a relationship with me, these are the terms and conditions. We need to be those types of people. You need to have rules and things in place to keep the good in and get the evil out. Okay. But we don't do that, but that's going to happen. God is rising up his people who know their authority and people like me are trying to reach people out there like you who don't know your authority and figure it out and walk in it. You guys, that's why I'm so excited. I sent off my book last night for the final edit. It's going to be on the next couple months. I will definitely have more info for you guys as I get, you know, more and more information from uh, the publishing company, but I got to get off here. You guys, I've got 10 seconds. Have an awesome rest of the week. You guys, thank you for all your time. Thank you for listening. You guys have a great week and I will, Talk to you guys next time.